going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Finding Ourselves Travel Podcast, episode three of season two. Right back at you again with another one. So excited to be here with my host, with the most exceptional life and travel adventures. Liz. Liz. Hey, man. Hi, Sean. <laughs> hey. <laughs> entrances are always so dynamic, and I'm over here like, hello. How are you? <laughs> no, but you are the, the, the reason why we have this show, uh, the host with the most and the leader of the ship leading us to victory. All right, so the victory is to talk about travel on a much deeper level and uh, just have fun while doing it, okay? So we've traveled... Um, you know, in different aspects as far as for leisure, um, with groups of friends, you know, traveling alone, which is my personal favorite. But realistically, uh, another favorite of mine is traveling on someone else's dime. So business travel oh, is a friend of mine for sure. You're guaranteed to have, well, um, you're going to have your expenses paid, thumbs up there. And you're more than likely going to be staying in a nice hotel, which is always good and very... Um, much appreciated. But also with that, you have memories as well. You know, one of our good friends, um, rest in peace, um, we have, you know, a shared memory, Liz and myself. So um, mm -hmm. a, former, a, a former employer that we had, we had an opportunity, we talked about before on a previous show, you know, shout out to the Philippines. We love you guys so much. Seriously. You guys are the best. And uh, had a great time there in Tagatai. All right. So Tagatai is a city in the southwestern uh, Luzon, Philippines area. And um, it has the Tao volcano in the middle of the water. Definitely, definitely encourage you guys if you have an opportunity to see it. It's beautiful and uh, such an amazing experience. I had no idea that it's actually 2,000 feet above sea level, but I guess I should have figured that out. When you're actually there, because... Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but the Philippines is humid. So, uh, <laughs> it sounded like you were about to say it's haunted. No, 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 no. What well, being humid and haunted is pretty similar to me because it's nothing I want to be a part of or around. Uh, but yeah, as soon as you get off the plane, it's uh, it hits you like a wall, man. You know, I live in Houston, Texas, but man, we bow down to the Philippines when it comes to humidity. But when you're in, um, you know, the, the Tagatai in that southwestern area, Lazoon. It's a uh, you know nice breeze. It's cool and just an, a great great experience. So I, I loved it and some great memories of that, and also great memories of our friend. So as we were traveling, we were taking our shuttle going to our destination. We were going to a restaurant to overlook the mountains and see the uh, Tao volcano. Our good friend and the wise Mona, she pointed out. She was like, "Hey, um, that that girl walking the side of the street. You know, she's a." Uh, she looks black, you know? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, I, I guess she does. And she was dressed in, you know, some sort of traditional uh, dress, you know, looked something more local. And I, I thought it was pretty awesome. And then, then Mona made the comments. She was like, you know, that's probably where I hear in this region is where they have some of the, the locals live here. You know, some of the, um, the original people, you know, the, uh, and if I'm saying it incorrectly, I apologize. The indigenous black skinned people uh, who inhabited that, you know, regionist mountain area of uh, 
Luzon. So I didn't think nothing of it at the time because I was focused on eating. <laughs> we had been in the shuttle a long time. <laughs> um, you know, that's a shout out to me. Oh, man, that traffic, though. I have to say, when you travel, side note, travel and traffic. You get you go traveling and then you get stuck in traffic and you, it is going to ruin your day. You have to get real patient real quick. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, that place is uh, the poster child for, you know, any event you do is pretty much going to be all day because the travel is yeah. going to be you just can't fact, you know, there's going to be traffic, but there's different levels, which I learned. There's, you know, um, slow, um, steady, and then there's parking lot. So, you know, there's, 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 straight, up parking lot. <laughs> there's straight up parking lot where you just look for miles and miles and there's just cars. And you're not going anywhere, you know, and it's just kind of how it is. And so it was a long trip. We were moving from Makati. And, uh, you know, the reason why I say that is because um, since, and rest in peace to Mona, like that was her, her dream, you know, to, to travel. And she made a comment like, you know, I really would like to get an opportunity to go and uh, interact and, and stay uh, and spend some time with the Ate and the, with the ACTA um, and other, you know, groups from around the world. Like that was something that was a, a motivating factor for her. Um, I didn't really understand that at the time, but as I've gotten older and, um, and I feel like that's something, a beautiful goal. You know, that's something that to really, like we said in the podcast title, finding ourselves to really, truly immerse yourself with, you know, the culture, you know, and, you know, these other groups, you know, a lot of times, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they're not getting any publicity. They're not on TV. They're not, you know, the stars of that region, you know, the, the you know, countries for whatever reason, you know, whether it being, you know, the Philippines or Latin America seems a lot of the times where the, um, you know, the black or the Afro or African descendants um, that live in those those countries, you know, their situations, they're just not getting the notoriety and, you know, people aren't really aware of them, you know, but things have changed and uh, become more, you know, because of social media, which is one of the positive things. And there's been more um, enlightenment and awareness of these different groups. And these groups are proud and, you know, they want to be... <clears throat> let the people, let the world know that they're, you know, proud of their country, you know, and, and they're proud of who they are and part of their identity. And also, you know, that they're, they're black. And I, I think that's, that's great. I know for myself, my children, um, you know, they're of mixed race, you know, their mother, she's um, of Mexican descent and I'm a brother, you know, shout out to me. <laughs> so they, um, they, they love, Obviously, the, the fact that they have, you know, two cultures, but at the same time, it causes a little bit of confusion because other people, sure. make comments, you know, that confuse them and don't really embrace them as much as, you know, I embrace them. So one thing that we talked about and, you know, I think it would be great for them is to visit some of these places, like the places that Mona wanted to visit. You know, Philippines, that'd be kind of <laughs> that'd be kind of expensive, but something that would be realistic and also more related to them specifically in their situation would be like Costa Chica of Guerrero and the state of Oaxaca in Mexico, where a big group of the um, Afro-Mexicans, um, you know, reside and, you know, checking out areas there and really immersed in the culture because they have done a great job, you know, shout out to them of still holding on to their African lineage and their roots as, you know, their race 
but also loving and embracing their Mexican culture, which is amazing. And, you know, they don't get a lot of notoriety at all. You know, they didn't really get on the Mexican census until 2019. Um, because one thing that I wasn't aware of um, on the census, because it was something that was way back in hundreds of years ago, where um, Mexico, before the United States, they had abolished slavery 50 years prior before the United States. But also they did something else, which was extreme, is they dissolved all um, distinction of races. So there was no race distinction. You know, you were either Mexican or you weren't. So that was something very unique. By, by, by nationality then, right? right it, was just either, it, it would be like saying I'm American because, I mean, saying you're American does not identify your heritage right. at all. Right. So they're saying it's the same thing. It's you're either American or you're not American. You're Mexican by heritage and not, and like actual nationality or you're not. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Very different. Yeah, no, totally. So even like, like it. when they add it to, no, I, I do like it. Do I not? A lot of this are homogenous um, societies, you know, terms of like, you know, in China, you know, that's what we right. were told. Um, and even in the Philippines, but not so much. You know, like I said, the Ate, Acta, you know, the indigenous black people, they're still there. You know, obviously for myself, and I'll just be honest, when I think of, you know, certain countries, I think of a certain perception, but that's a perception they share to us. You know, if you haven't been there, you know, you don't know. Sure. Um, you know, so a lot of times perception is reality is very much true in how the country portrays itself as far as like, you know, a lot of places are maybe not to the level of the United States, you know, we're very unique in that way as far as a melting pot, but they have more diversity than they share, you know, is, is my point there. So I, I think yeah. for myself, you know, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to, um, you know, doing with my, my children, traveling to uh, Costa Chica of Guerrero, um, to Yanga, you know, the place named after the, um, the slave uprising, Back in 1570 by uh, Gaspar Yanga. I mean, you know, so there's some great history there um, that's in Mexico, you know, that has African ties and actually shows more of a unity than, you know, that we even realize. So I think that's something that could be definitely explored. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's by design or not, these things don't get the recognition that they could uh, or should get. Um, So, What do you think about that, Liz? You think, um, you know, as far as, you know, obviously Mona was amazing, but, you know, for people to really find themselves and understanding like the cultures, like on a deeper level and going out and seeking out, um, you know, different groups and indigenous groups and, you know, different pockets, because, you know, honestly, like uh, the Afro-Mexicans, like the ones that live in the, you know, Costa Chica area, state of Oaxaca, they don't have um, they're not a fluent group. You know, they don't have a lot of money. You know, a lot of them are fishermen living on a coast. They truly live off the land. So it's definitely different. Um, it's definitely more of a what I call uh, uh, a, a, a real authentic travel experience. Uh, what's your thoughts, Liz? I like it. I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that Mona went on a work trip with us. Right. But then within that. She like the the fact that she was able to go on that travel experience 
And then it brought up a different travel experience. It connected with her in a different way. So it went from, hey, yeah, you're experiencing a different place, but it brought up something else she wanted to do. And so I think part of like what struck me was, would she have even started thinking about traveling as much if she wasn't already traveling? Not necessarily that just that one, you know, that she had never thought of going and visiting indigenous areas before, but <clears throat> it got brought up and that uh, ignited the conversation. It brought more, uh, brought more things to light about what she had been thinking about in her own personal experiences and her heritage, which also then sprung into you thinking about, you know, things for yourself and your kid, which makes me think about, I've only seen places from my mother's side of the family. I've, I've taken care of mom's side of the family. I know all about them and like the places that they lived and, you know, like where parents and grandparents and stuff like that came from, from that side, I haven't been able to go to my dad's side. And so I think that it just kind of sparked something in you. And I've thought about it before too, and I've just never been able to go. And sometimes the more you travel, the more you start honing in on, okay, well, I got to go to this place for work. I got to go to that place because there was a wedding or because my family invited me on the trip, right? Or because it's cheaper, easier, more convenient, something. But as you go down the line of kind of checking these places off the list, you start thinking about, well, where would I go just for me? Where would I go if it's just like, I have time to think about the cost and save up. That's not going to be the problem because it's not about this year or next year. It's a true bucket list place. And that's what Mona was talking about was things that for her were true bucket list items because that's what, uh, you know, pulled at her heartstrings, you know, and that led into your conversation about trying to find places that resonated with your children as well, because obviously you've traveled more than they have and trying to get them into something that connects with them is going to spark them wanting to learn more and be interested, not only for the sake of their own heritage, but just learning the world as it is, right? Like when you know about more places, then things start getting connected about politics, about religion, about history, about everything starts to make more sense when you have a better understanding of the entire world around you instead of just your own bubble. Sorry, Houston. No, no, we, we accept your apology. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> No, definitely. I, I agree. And those are some great points, you know, to totally, um, you know, mark things off of having goals of travel. I wanted to see different groups to be a part, to immerse yourself, to better understand them, to better understand yourself, you know, and and to get different things out of it. So to me, I feel like it's traveling on a, a much deeper level. And, you know, that's what I'm honestly trying to get out the travel experience, you know, for myself. And I think for me and for my situation, for my, my children, I, I definitely look forward to that. And I think that will be uh, such a eye-opening experience. So they won't see themselves as being, you know, uh, you know, flawed or less than that. They'll actually a part of a, you know, a group that has a lot of pride and, you know, you know a lot of strong culture and heritage. So I'm very excited about that. And it's something I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. Now, speaking of heritage and, and uh, lineage and using those things to your advantage, you know, a lot of countries, you know, in the beautiful African continent, um, which uh, Liz will actually be traveling to soon, 
um, has an opportunity yeah, where on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Safe travels. Safe travels to you there. So a lot of um, African countries, Ghana, South Africa, um, you know, um, you know, Zimbabwe, quite a few. Gambia, a lot of them have an opportunity where you can get dual citizenship um, and have a pathway to be quicker um, of citizenship for, and they're reaching out to African-Americans, right? Um, so the yeah. benefit of dual citizenship is, um, you know, just less red tape. For one, you're a citizen. I mean, you can vote, you know, um, set up a yeah. business. You can apply for different, you know, programs that they have in place. So there truly is a benefit to it. It's not just something you can, oh, you know, I have, you know, something I can kind of check off and, you know, in terms of traveling and, you know, being more, have more uh, fluidity as far as my options. No, you truly have, you know, a situation where you could leverage it to, for business to make more money, you know, and a lot of people have used it to, to make more money or just get a new experience, you know, Hey, you know, I want to go to Africa and, you know, cause speak of another dream and this is like more of a far-fetched dream. Like I've saved up gold bars or something like that is uh take my kids on a safari. That would be amazing. So I definitely would like, it's to not as expensive as you think it is. I think it's pretty expensive list. So please elaborate. I will elaborate. And actually I, you can uh, you can tell everybody this and let them know if I'm like make it up or not. I have not told you before that we could do an interview with somebody in two weeks that's been on a safari. True or false? No, yeah, you have said that before. I told you that my god sister was coming to Spain and that she's been on a safari and we'd get her on the show. I told you that. Yeah, no, you did say. I mean, yeah, I'm not questioning uh, any of the things you just did. Did I? Because I did not think I told you that, but maybe I did. No, no, you didn't tell me the two week part, but you told me about that oh. her going on one. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah because uh, she, because she's in, she's in um, Morocco right now. So when I go to Morocco this weekend, I'm not meeting up with her. She's going to be in a different part of the country at the time. But then she's coming. Like basically when I get back from Morocco, she'll be here in Spain. So we'll be meeting up at the same time, but on separate tours from the same region. And then she'll be with me and then we're going to Ibiza. But while she's here, I'll be able to talk to her a little bit more. And you are going to love her because she has done so. She's been to a lot of the places that you and I have not been to. So okay, there's a yeah, yeah. great opportunity for conversations about different countries that you and I don't have as much experience with. No, I love that. You know, so definitely bring her on and I'm excited and I can't wait to hear what she has to say. I'm still holding out for the fact that, hey, a safari is something that is obtainable at some point. So, um, yeah. So let's save we'll save the safari conversation for Laura so you could ask her about costs and everything else. Now, I'm not saying it's cheap. But I am saying that you would do a, a tour package, right? So it would be something that you look at the cost and you can figure out, am I doing one week? Am I doing two weeks? Um, how, you know, what kind of tour am I doing? Tailor it down to the needs of your either yourself or your group, whoever's going, right? And then you can really contain the price in that and make it obtainable, you know, because if, if you just try booking stuff and go and go and go, then sure, you're going to rack up 
that like thousands and thousands of dollars, right? We don't want this trip to get to fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. I've seen trips like this for $2,000, $3,000. Now, granted, it depends on where you're flying from and all sorts of other factors. But if you pull in, that goes back to pulling in your reward points, pulling in, like, can you travel at a different time of year that's a little bit easier? What animals do you want? Like, what kind of safari are you going on? Like, which region are you going to that it could be different animals for different parts of the year as well? But, I mean... We, there's different ways to make it happen that it's not like it's buying a new car. It's still something, it's something more expensive than what you and I are used to doing. But I would say that it is on the same level. If we're talking about people in the random spot in America for reference, and they're trying to take a vacation for let's say 10 to 14 days in Europe, I would say that it is on the same page financially. Okay, yeah, like so. Um, that first number you said of fifteen thousand made me cry, but um, yeah, no, that's think- if you're that's if you're ridiculous and trying no, to do yeah, yeah. like a month long thing, like everything, and you're just not being careful about like what time of year, like the most expensive version of every single thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's definitely a trip that you take a lot of deep deep review of your options, looking at, you know, you do consider the, the time of year because that does factor into your pricing. You know, if you're able to utilize price um, saving points as far as whether hotel or flight, you know, points with your, um, you know, whatever that you can utilize to kind of redeem and take advantage and get the best deal possible. That's definitely something that I would do. And I'm looking forward to talking to her for sure. So yeah, my question to you is, um, so let me also press it, preface it by saying this, as far as these African countries, they've been open and they've come out and said, like, yeah, you know, um, like I know Ghana specifically, I'll focus on them. I know most about their um, dual citizenship. And that seems to be the one that's been the most aggressive as far as promoting themselves to, you know, African-Americans. A lot of, um, you know, Danny Glover. Um, I know in South Africa, you know, Denzel Washington, he's a dual citizenship of South Africa, uh, Zimbabwe. That's surprising. It is? Well, South Africa doesn't have a very good reputation. Oh, it? yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. The apartheid. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a good point. There. I don't know the answer on that one, but I do know that that gets a pretty bad uh, rap. No, no, you're, you're right. That, that's fair. Um, but ironically, you know, if the countries that, you know, are promoting themselves and giving that option, you know, South Africa is probably up there for me, even with the, the history of the apartheid and everything. Um, That's my point. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hey, before you make a decision like that, because it is a life altering decision, you got to, you know, sit down and really do some serious research and not just make a emotional decision like, oh, you know, it's right there off the water. You know, uh, Cape Town is beautiful, which it is. You know, uh, Johannesburg is amazing. You know, those are all true deciding factors. You know, the the lifestyle, the weather, it's, it's beautiful there. But, you know, there's a lot of hate. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that go on yeah. that aren't aren't good at all. Um, I know another country that's offering the dual citizenship is Nigeria. So one thing that they're saying is, yeah, obviously there's a benefit for them. You know, they want to bring in people um, so they can, you know, uh, create business for themselves. 
create business for those individuals. Um, and they, they're pitching it as from the standpoint of you get a chance to get back in touch with your culture. Um, you know, in a lot of places, yeah. I know for specifically Ghana, you have to, you have to take a DNA test and, you know, there has to be some connection there, you know, so they're, you know, it's not just like, Oh, you know, you just check the box. They look at you and send in your picture and you're good to go. So they do, um, you know, some background there and there's a process in place. And that's one thing they say too. It's not just like an automatic, it's, um, it's a streamlined process to make the process a lot smoother. Um, and from what I read, everyone that's gone through it, not everybody stays, you know, because, you know, Africa and, you know, the U S are very different, but you know, a lot of them do and they have a great time there. Um, you know, as far as not just visiting, but they've gone ahead and decided to stay. Some have opened businesses and had a lot of success. So, you know, like any story, there's pros and cons, there's highs and lows, there's all that. So my question to you is, is this, as we like to go there, when we can, is it? Another drop? What are we dropping? Is this cultural cruelty in the terms of them focusing on a group because, you know, they have, you know, Afro-Mexican, Afro-Colombian. For dual citizenship? Yeah, like... They have Afro. Uh, uh, I mean, it's marketing at its best, is it not? No, it it definitely is. But that's why I'm I'm asking you, like, outside looking in, you know, just as far as like just hearing service level of what it is. Do you see this as uh, a negative or, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on it? I think it's a very smart marketing ploy to reach out to your base from a political standpoint people are more connected to something that they are told they have a connection to if you did for example if pick any color uh, like i'm just gonna go with basic like someone looks at themselves in the mirror and they say i feel like i look like this you know like i look like i'm from central or south America, or I feel like I look front, like I, my family is from Asia or something like this. Right. And they don't necessarily know exactly where their grandparents are from for whatever reason, you just don't know. And your parents haven't told you, maybe you don't know where your parents are from. Maybe you're adopted and you don't have that DNA kit. And the only thing you have to look at is in the mirror and how how that works with the limited information that you've been told. Well, then your connection is not going to be strong to every single area that maybe somebody might tell you that you look like you could have been from because maybe you're somewhere in the middle of not looking very strongly like you're from any one place, you know? So if somebody tells you like, Oh yeah, you're this. And then the, we hear these stories all the time in the past, like 10 years or so with these ancestry DNA kits and whatever the other ones are. Right. Um, and people think that there's something they're so convinced. They're like my parents and my grandparents and my great grandparents, they have a whole chart listed out. We've got the family tree. We have everything from both sides of the family going up five generations. Right. And then you do a DNA kit and they go, Nope. No, you're not. Somebody lied to you. 
because somebody was cheating on their husband or their wife. Somebody ran off with somebody else. Somebody got divorced and didn't tell somebody else. You know what I mean? There's so many little things that come into this and all these people are showing up going, oh, I didn't know about that. And this actually just came up with Kerry Washington was in the news. I just read it this morning because she was going to be put on a TV show about celebrities and their heritage and how she, and she didn't know until this show, she had agreed to go on the show and was doing everything for the show. Her parents came and said, actually your heritage is not what it is because you were adopted. Whoa. She didn't know. So does that not like kind of screw with your head about how you feel about your ancestry? Right. Uh, Which is a very long winded way of saying you could think that you knew where you were from and all the stuff about your family. She's a grown woman with a success. Like this is not like you're telling some 17 year old, some new information. This woman has like, her life has gone on. Right. And then all of us, and she could have done a DNA test at any point in time over what the past 15, 20 something, however many years, for whatever reason, like before it became just this popular thing, people did a lot of this stuff for medical purposes, right? To like get information for your family history for, for medical information. And it could have come up with markers on it that would identify and say like, well, actually your family must be from certain parts of the world because there's these markers that showed up on these tests that only occur in people with heritage from these other areas. So all of this stuff could have come up and did not. It changes your perspective on the way you think about where you're connected to in the world. And then people go, now I wanna learn about where I'm from. I, I need to have that missing piece to know where I'm from. And so if these other countries are now saying, go take the DNA test, Oh, you're from like, I think you said it was Ghana, right? Go take the DNA test. If it says you're from Ghana, then you can have dual citizenship. Now it automatically gives you this existential like crisis almost about where you're from and, and this piece of your life that you didn't know existed before. Now you're down a rabbit hole, Googling all this stuff, looking up history about it, trying to make a trip to go spend time there. Maybe you switch your small business purchases to be from countries from there instead of wherever, you know? So I would say from a political aspect, because now you're going to have people who are emotionally invested in the well-being of that country who weren't before. And you're going to have people who want to try to uh, spend money to go there. If it's for tourism, for business, for you know, spending money on small companies and stuff like that. If they all, all of that stuff, it's a very, very smart marketing ploy. No, I mean that's a great point. You know, I mean they 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 haven't hit it. They just went a different way about it, and it's it's like it's kind of like a domino effect. Like the countries are, hey, that works. I, I think we might want to try that too. To like, it looks like most of the countries have done it. Even uh, yeah. Kenya was one of the first ones as well. Uh, you know, someone that I would have never guessed, a dual citizen of Kenya, Shaquille O'Neal. He's a dual citizenship of Kenya. And, um, okay. I mean, yeah. I, my question is, what was the motivation for it? I mean, go ahead, go do whatever, right? But he could be a dual citizen of Ireland for all that matters to anybody else or should. But 
Is it because you plan on investing there and spending time there and want to get around the visa rules? Is it because of a family? Can like, what is the motivation is what I want to know because people get visas and dual citizenship for all sorts of things that are not related to their heritage as well. No, that's true. You know, I think a lot of them, and I don't want to. It's just you, know, you want to live somewhere. Yeah, and you, you want to work there, and you want to uh, be able to spend time there, and not have to deal with the visa regulations. Which is all, you know, a, a, a pointed uh, thing to call out. You know, potentially that could be a reason why. You know, uh, especially when you get to that level of success and money, saving taxes can go a long way because you see a lot of money lost in those taxes. You know, and if there's somewhere that you can go as like you truly want to live there learn about it because you have some you know, connection there as far as your lineage and bloodline. Or like you said, it's truly just to avoid the, the red tape and, you know, trying to get there and uh, visit and, you know, somewhere you want to frequent as far as leisure or business or maybe a little bit of both, you know? So um, yeah. I know right now because you are living abroad, living in La Vida Loca, living your best life in España. Um, and you have a lot of, you know, family connection. You, met, you mentioned on your mother's side for, um, you know, knowing that side better. So do you or Aaron have any desire to want to, you know, become dual citizens of Spain or or Portugal? I or- would. Oh, absolutely. We've talked we've talked about it and it's for those reasons. OK, so I have the family connection to this part of the world. Right. And he's he's not Spanish or Portuguese or, or any of that. He's I want to say it's the understanding is Irish and German and then maybe some other things. I don't know. My mother-in-law might kill me if I got that wrong, but um, you know, so he's, I mean, he's not Spanish by any means um, or Portuguese. We don't think we would have to take one of the DNA tests. Right. But it's, so it's partially the fact that I feel a strong tie to here because of my mom's side of the family, but I already liked it out here. That's completely like two separate issues. I already liked the culture out here. I already liked being here and doing everything else. Now, the fact that my family has ties to this region of the world was a whole, was a completely different thing. Now, when we got to Portugal and we're going around there and we've got the, the Portuguese side of the family too, I'll tell you what, the Portuguese side of me was saying, forget all these steps. This place has too much elevation change and I'm not trying to be that much Portuguese. I'm trying to be back in Spain. And like, why? I think the, <laughs> the Portuguese side of me needed to get a bench and sit down on the beach <laughs> real quick. So, you know, but uh, a lot of people do buy property in Portugal as well that come out here um, with the military community. And so that's just been like one aspect. A lot of the expats here do not have uh, biological ties to the area, they have emotional ties to the area because they were here with the military, um, either as an active member or as a family member and just fell in love with the region itself. And so that part is, you know, very strong. Looking at buying property, it, it like there's a lot of intricacies that make it a hell of a lot easier if you have dual citizenship. Because otherwise, you're under the restrictions of either a week, uh, a week, um, a work visa, or you have to have the the rules of Shenzhen and like European Union, like the 90 days in, 90 days out kind of thing, right? And so 
well, if you want to just retire here, then do you do the 90 days in 90 days out? Do you do uh, like if you're retired, are you going to try and work some other small job or something to do a work visa? What are you going to do? Your other option is to get long term visas um, or to try to get dual citizenship. And it can be very costly and everything else to do any one of those options. Right. So it's really what's going to fit your long term plans. And I think that's the allure to these uh, to these dual citizenship uh, programs is how can they reach out to a wider community? Because the only reason for the country to do this visa program is money. That's the only reason they're doing it. They know that there's restrictions for being in any country at all. Pick one. Right. It's you can't just go somewhere and just live there and do nothing. Right. You have to be registered somewhere for whatever. Even if you are just sitting in the middle of a desert in a country that's not that nobody knows the name of you're if you're working or you have some sort of money that's facilitating you your life just going, they're going to say, oh, well, now you're a dual citizen. So you have to pay taxes. I mean, that happens when you move around America, too. If you're a California citizen, but you are living in Texas. Oh, that's a bad example because we don't have um, state income tax. Let's do it the other way. You're a Texas resident, but you have to go to California and you work there for, let's say, nine months out of the year, because that's what happened with your job that year. When you file your taxes, I'm a Texas resident, so I'm not paying my state income tax, right? Just federal. But now because the money was earned in California, you're paying California income tax. Yeah, that would suck. That would. Uh... So, yeah, it does. Well, it does suck. And that's happened before to myself and many other people where you have, you know, you have one place where you're living and you didn't have to change your residency because of whatever the whatever the situation is, right? There's a lot. But then you have to pay the taxes to both places. Same happens with the countries. But it, so they have to try to make it appealing to you. Why do you want that dual citizenship? Is it because so the, the one major thing that they can offer is we will cut through the red tape on travel for you. We will cut through the red tape for something else that means something to you about access to heritage sites, access to um, like working here, access to building here, owning property here, um, having a foundation here, you know, building a charity or something, you know, maybe you're not like when you're talking about like Shaq and other celebrities, maybe you want to start a foundation or you want to start a charity or you want to uh, start a school. A lot of people do that. Well, they can offer you the dual citizenship, take some of your money and then cut the red tape on everything else. Yeah, no, it, it definitely. And I did want to clarify something, too. Um, so as far as, you know, the dual citizenship, at least the program for Ghana, they actually extend it to, um, you know, African-American or, you know, people of African descent from the Caribbean as well. So, you know, that would also impact, you know, uh, you know, those Latin American countries like Cuba. So, yeah, I, I misspoke there. So that's great. You know, um, yeah. The, that's that's really good. And you're right. It is a great promotional thing because one, we're talking about it. 
I never thought about visiting. I mean, I've always thought about visiting Africa, you know, because it's so unbelievable, you know, as far as what they offer there, as far as like to, you know, uh, wildlife and just the culture. And it's just so unique and beautiful. Right. But at the same time, I've never really had specific countries like, oh, I want to go to Ghana or I want to go to Nigeria, South America. Uh, I mean, sorry, South Africa. Yeah, but no, because of what we just talked about, <laughs> too. Um, so they have done a good job. You know, I never really thought about specific countries within the continent. I just thought about the continent as a whole and what area would have the things I'm looking for to get the most out of the experience. You know, because uh, you have, you know, ones that are on the coast. You have the ones that are uh, in West Africa or East Africa or, um, you know, or like where you're visiting in Morocco. Like there's so much to offer, you know, where you go. Um, so this dual citizenship definitely piqued my interest and has me thinking in terms that I never thought about before. You know, I've never said Ghana so much in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but that's yeah. a good thing, you know. So uh, shout out to them. And yeah, it's it's culture, man. It's the culture. The reality of culture is that, you know, cash rules everything around me. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. And uh, but they're spinning it, uh, which is true. It gives you an opportunity for those that do come to find yourselves, find your culture, find your history um on you know get a chance to um learn more about yourself you know in some countries like ghana they were even saying how they're promoting it they say that they're you know reaching out to african americans and people from the caribbean um you know in those places as that they're quote unquote righting a wrong and it's welcoming people back home like that's a strong invitation right you know that's that's pretty powerful um so you know a lot of people are taking advantage of it. It seems to be Ghana seems to be one of the more popular ones because they're promoting the most heavily. But that's the thing. You know, it's um, I just like when people get a chance to travel. And, you know, I like to get to a chance to go to Africa at some point, visit the continent where I go. I don't, I don't know. Um, but when I do get that decision, I'm going to share it with you guys, share it with Liz. And it'll be a great <laughs> event. And I, I can't wait. So. Closing things out, Liz, what's the uh, final thoughts oh, you have for us? Yeah, hold on. I had to clarify because I went back and double-checked my my article from the Times that I had shared with you as well. Um, so for Kerry Washington, it wasn't adoption. It was a sperm donor. So that's what the problem was. When I was saying, like, her mm. heritage came up and, and so my whole thing, what I had misremembered when I was reading the article was, you know, that it was, it wasn't her father. And so in my head, I just got put that she was adopted. She was not adopted. She, it was her mother. And then they used a sperm donor to facilitate fertility. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's why. So that's, that's how the whole thing came up about like how she doesn't know her. She didn't know her roots and had to go refine herself. But yeah. So on the, on the just notes of all of that is, um, and it, it hits back on what you were just saying right now is like, you want to go to Africa, but you don't have a specific place picked out. But if you took a DNA test and that test told you that you're 27% Moroccan, right? Just throwing it out there. Cause that's where I'm going. You know? I love that. But then I'm just, then wouldn't that kind of pull you towards there or you're 30% uh, 30% heritage is from Ghana or 40% heritage from South Africa. Like if there's like this, this defining number that is statistically relevant, not 1%, half a percent, but like a number that stands out as more than the others. 
And it's within that continent that you've been wanting to explore anyway, then it really narrows it down. That's like saying all of South Africa. Okay, but are is your family most likely from Brazil or Colombia or Venezuela? You know, these are all very different cultures and very different parts of the continent to experience. And if you had a way to narrow it down to something that was more relevant to yourself, then that's what you're getting then that's what most people tend to do. That's a great point. And that's just taking the dual citizenship out the picture. Just if you do a DNA test or you have some way to, you know, check your lineage and your history and especially yeah, going into the depths of a DNA because DNA, Dana don't lie, right? If you check something and you see that you have, you know, a connection to that country and to that, you know, continent through blood. Oh, that's, that's the ultimate tiebreaker for me. Yeah. For sure. You know, I think it is for most people. Yeah. You know, oh, I want to find out more about that culture. You know, maybe that's where I'm drawn to it because it's in me. And now I want to explore it even more. Um, So, man, this has me wanting to look into more about, uh, you know, the uh, African descent around the world. This has me wanting to take another DNA test. This has me wanting to do all kinds of things. This one makes me want to Google Kerry Washington. This show has it all, man. So I'm I'm definitely (laughs) excited and uh, good stuff. And Thank you guys again for joining us. And uh, this has been another exciting adventure. Can't wait to hear the next episode. when We get some feedback from Liz on her next trip to Morocco. But until then, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Be blessed and take care. All right. And we're out.